0: A reading from the Gospel of Luke, the 18th chapter. Then Jesus told them a parable about how their need to pray pray always and to not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. who cry to him day and night. Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. Oh, God, it's a beautiful day. We can't believe this fall is turning out to be so wonderful. All your creation shouts of your wonder and majesty and glory. And yet, Lord, we come sometimes with all that beauty surrounding us, with some heartache within us, some hurting, some questioning, some dark places and fears, and so we ask that as we come here together to our family and God, if we're new or if we've been here for 25, 45 years, that we will feel indeed warmed and welcomed and the burden lifted from us. Help us to lay our burden down here for you, Lord, and help us to feel renewed, uplifted, loved, and able to walk back out and face this contentious world with new hope, a new promise, and new energy and the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, it's funny how uh, life can imitate scripture. I was sitting out in my backyard yesterday in that lovely autumn sun, baking with a little blanket around me. I had a hot steaming mug of tea There um, were papers and books and Bibles all around me, tape recorders and whatever, as I worked on today's sermon. And then there was a very familiar dynamic that began. I hear the excited, heavy breathing alongside my fence. When I had hoped so to have privacy and peace and quiet, you know how that is, I ignore her, She persists. Next, I hear her embarrassed owner, Michael, call his energetic black lab, Casey, to leave me alone. Casey, Casey, come back, come back. Leave her alone. He even said, can't you see she's working on her sermon? He knows me. But for almost 10 years now, she hasn't left me alone. Once upon a time, you see, I fed this puppy in the park that abuts my house, a 50-acre park where many people walk, and she never, never, never forgot that I had treats in my pocket. I was the provider of that. So months and months can actually pass in the winter when I really never see Casey, and yet if she spots me even from a distance in the middle of the park, she breaks loose and runs to my side, sadly jumps generally up on my chest, which I've tried to change in her, uh, and wants a treat. She wiggles, she moans, she slobbers, and I never, never, never get forgotten. And so, anyway, I thought, well, it's pretty interesting today. She won't take no for an answer. And I try to be strong, but she always finally wins. I was going to sit in that chair yesterday. I was going to stay there. I was very deeply ensconced. It would have taken a lot of work to get up and put everything aside. And I sat there, and I sat there, and it bothered me. And I finally said, I'm going in the house because I had none on me. I even had to walk in into the puppy biscuit container, walk back out while she waited. And then we began our festive reward system. It's been over 10 years, as I said But I give her credit because Casey and the widow in Luke's gospel this morning have determination in common, right? Jesus is teaching his disciples about praying with confidence and never, 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 never giving up. It's a message we believers today need to hear regularly, I think, given the way our nation and our world is growing apart with our leaders vying for power and rattling sabers. Precious resources are diminishing and nuclear dominance is in the wind. So let's examine a little more closely this parable Jesus tells about never giving up, never giving up on our prayer. First, the widow. In Jesus' day, you know, we've said before, widows had no clout. They had no stature without a man in their life, no ability to pay for anything or get a job. A woman without a husband or a family usually survived only by begging on the streets. On top of this, the text said she seems to be pleading a case against an opponent before a heartless judge. Not Judge Judy, mind you. This is a heartless judge. And Jesus describes this judge as a man who neither respects God nor other people's rights. I wonder how he got the job. He doesn't respect God. Well, I could see how that goes. But not to respect other people's rights? What chance does this woman have of winning her case? Zero. Zero. Could she ever receive justice at the hands of such a judge? Never. But, but wait, wait, wait. Because of her persistence, she wears out that judge, stands on his last nerve, and he rules in her favor to shut her up. Unheard of. In fact, the more literal translation of the judge's judgment is, this woman is giving me a black eye with her demands. So Jesus argues, if a single woman with no stature wins a case with an uncaring judge, how much more will we, God's precious sheep, be heard by our loving Father? Now you know the how much more is a biblical kind of device that comes up many times in Jesus' teaching. It was a, I think it was a typical Jewish way of teaching. If this is the case in this situation, how much more is it true in this? And so Jesus is teaching his disciples, and in soon in Luke's gospel, he will be going to the passion story and to the cross, where we wonder, and Jesus will be praying passionately in the Garden of Gethsemane that this cup could pass from him. And yet he goes to the cross. So he's prepping them for the way of discipleship, modeling for them. And so How much more will God want to hear from you and me, his precious loving children? Jesus assures us that his followers will not... Assures us, his followers. Will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? Okay, but here's the rub. We are admonished, you see, to pray always, And to not lose heart, even when the answers don't come right away. You know how impatient many of us are? Don't we hope our prayers will really be answered in a 24-hour period of time, right? Prayers for healing our loved ones, for a new job option, getting into college of our choice for our children, or finding peace in our rocky society and rocky Marriage, we prefer a quick fix in spiritual matters so we can get on with the rest of our life. We really need to slow down in spiritual matters. In truth, you see in the scriptures, it may be days, weeks, years, or decades sometimes before. God has given an answer to prayer. Think how long the Jews, the Israelites, wandered in the wilderness, out in the desert, waiting to go to the promised land until some died off. They waited and hoped and prayed. God has a different timetable than many of us in our modern societies. We may have to wait And while we're waiting, perhaps what God is hoping we'll be busy doing is to bringing justice into our lives and society and world. In today's parable, it is a matter of justice, of balancing the haves and the have-nots on the scorecard, of fixing the imbalance in resources and quality education and access to medical services and sharing the gospel with those who haven't heard it at all, that may be more of God's priority in our prayer life than other items. In our parable, the widow and the judge, it is justice that she is seeking. Justice that she seeks with untiring focus. Now, true justice can cost us, as I just said. If we pray for justice, be careful what we Sometimes the privileged, those who have so much, what we ask for, justice may be served. We may be called upon to to sacrificially give so that others may live. It could cost us our place of privilege to step back in line from the head and let others who are poor, disadvantaged, or who, like the widow, have no one to advocate for them. We are in an efficient society. We expect things done right now, and so do our bosses and times. But our iPhones and our droids continue to augment this way of looking at society. Amazon drops your order at your doorstep overnight. Who could be motivated to sit and pray for long periods of time and seemly wait for it to be unanswered? Get real, we might think, as we talk with God. Who's got that kind of time, right? And the question is, well, what are you working toward in your life? God wants you to be working toward a deeper relationship with God. That might bring a justice you've never even anticipated or described. It might be a loss of something you think is all that counts in your life. A giving up of something for the sake of another. A downsizing Here's the heavy lesson Luke's imparting to all of us in this parable. Hope and justice comes about in our society when people fear God and demonstrate respect for others. Fear God, demonstrate respect for others. It's getting to be a rare commodity in our society today. Fearing God means to stand in awe. I've said that many times, I know. To stand in awe of God not to make God your bellhop, but to say God is so far beyond my wildest imaginings, I can't even go there. Stand in awe and let God be God beyond our understanding. He's not a domestic chore boy that we can efficiently manipulate. God doesn't accept bribes and deals. Oh, I'll give this up if you'll bring me this quickly. God is the wiser one in the equation. We need to remember that. And respecting others, part two... Respecting others is the justice part of the equation. In Christ's kingdom, you see, we have Jew and Gentile, Russian and Chinese, Latino and Pennsylvania Dutch, Mainline and Kensington. All these diverse sisters and brothers will need to be respected and honored and given places at the head of our table if we are really going to love one another. As Martin Luther King Jr. once said, we must learn to live together as brothers and sisters, or perish together. Perish together as fools, Dr. King adds. We will perish together as fools if we do not learn to live together as brothers and sisters with diverse attitudes. Diverse political parties, diverse hopes and dreams, diverse backgrounds, genders, you name it. This is a critical time. We know that. We're even afraid, many of us. But no group is more important in God's eyes than another. God's kingdom seeks to lift up the forgotten, the voiceless, the powerless, the homeless, the hopeless, to positions of respect, And opportunity, God wants to give us what we truly need and not what we want all the time, as a good parent would do. And justice may mean we privileged communities have to sacrifice for our neighbor's well-being so that others may be lifted up and we go down lower and live with less as Christ modeled for us on the cross. No, right now we can agree our world needs tireless prayers for new beginnings and peace and equality for all people. We don't have the answers, I understand, but as Callistus Ware said, it's not the task of Christianity to provide easy answers to every question, but to make us progressively, progressively aware of a mystery. God is not so much the object of our knowledge as the cause of our wonder. Have we had the wonder beaten out of us these last months? Have we lost hope that God can really heal this world and make us work together toward good? True justice will come even if we have to end mostly because we have to sacrifice comfort and be a source of joy and depth to someone else. I like that thought, but I also like what John Buchanan once said. He's Christian Century magazine editor. He said, I had two good and loving parents. They did not give me everything I wanted. Oh, I asked for a horse and a dog and a two-wheel bicycle before I was old enough to ride it. My requests were heard and turned down. In retrospect, I understand that I received not always what I wanted, but what I most needed. That is at least part of what Jesus is teaching his disciples and asks us in this parable. The early church, which first read it, certainly prayed for many things it did not receive. Safety, protection from persecution, for instance, it didn't receive what it most needed, a sense of, but it did receive what it most needed a sense of God's loving presence and attentiveness. For instance, it did receive what it most needed a sense of possibility, of resilience and fortitude it needed to survive. Count on God, says Buchanan, to come down on the side of justice. Count on God to hear the ones who have no power no influence no millions of dollars no voice count on god not always to grant your requests but to hear to hear with loving parental patience the persistent prayers of your heart keep praying and if you need any coaching Casey is very much available for you. Amen.